Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Doyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, it's a Wednesday morning again. We're staying on schedule. We're here. We're ready to talk. How are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah, no, we um, had a a few fun games yesterday. Um, A lot of games. It's kind of funny because, like, you go from Monday where it's, like, maybe a handful of games to Tuesday where literally I, I think I just keep scrolling down and down and down because we just have so many games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a fun one. Can't believe it, but honestly, I think we're like two weeks away from section tournaments um, with tennis starting up here soon as tech and cathedral are starting to kind of get hot a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean, kind of insane to think that two weeks from now we're going to be doing team and individual tennis uh, section tournaments. And then after that, it's just ripples. So yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be good to see. I know I think next week we're going to see Cathedral and Apollo Sock Rapids for the first time this year, too. And then we'll have seen all the tennis teams, like you said, Cathedral Tech getting a couple wins as we get down into this stretch of individuals team tennis. But that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And, yeah, it, it comes fast. And we were even looking. It seemed like uh, the high school league finally put out a lot of the, the state tournament times kind of more officially um, in the last couple of days, week or so that we've seen and – literally everything is going to be that that like third week in june every single tournament for every sport um so we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there but it's it's going to if really you, pace. if you see us that week just give us like caffeine or you know any anything that can get us going for a little bit you know so thank you in advance and it's it's only going to get crazier as we lead up to it but we still have a couple <laughs> weeks here of just mainly regular season stuff seeing how these teams are playing out um seen as they prepare for those section tournaments. And I think we're going to start with baseball today. Brian got to see Albany uh, twice since we last podcast. I believe you saw them win on Thursday um, and then also saw them lose to a really good Foley team yesterday, uh, both games in Avon. Um, I guess what were kind of your thoughts from being able to see them play twice and kind of how different uh, those two games went? Yeah, I mean, Thursday, Piers is not an easy team to beat either. Um, Foley is... Albany was ranked number one throughout the week. Um, Foley was ranked number two. So you kind of knew that that Albany Foley game was going to be really good, but Piers is kind of one of those dark horses in the Granite Ridge. That's kind of coming about um, They're keep climbing that conference standings. And honestly, they, they kind of are really good, but um, Albany was able to get the three, nothing win. Carter Thielen had a great game um, sketch or pitched six innings. Um, they, he also combined with Brendan Einick for a four hit shutout. So, I mean, a really good performance by them. The main part is, is honestly that game, the three zero game was the first time since little falls that they've ever had a close game. I mean, most of the games that they play, they win by 10 runs or eight runs, or they have a very comfortable lead halfway through the game. So they don't really have to like worry as much, honestly. Um, this one, 
kind of went down to the wire a little bit. And so Ethan Navratil, he had a, he had a solo home run that I think is still traveling um, as we speak. So um, that was, that was an impressive shot from him. Um, but he, he was able to get a home run in the early innings. They were also able to score another run in the early innings. Um, and then Tanner um, Arsenu, he had, he had a sacrifice fly to knock in another run. Um, so some good hitting by them. Um, I think the main part after that game was, okay, we need to score runs. Um, there was a lot of guys left on base. And I think head coach Al was very, was sp- speaking about how you need to score runs and you need to get runs in. Um, then kind of transferring into the game last night against Foley, um, you knew it was going to be a really good game just because, I mean, what would you expect between a number one and number two matchup? Um, and they did not disappoint. Um, Foley was able to get the five to nothing win. Albany, um, Ethan Navratil was on the mound for them, but he was, I mean, he pitched really well. He let up, um, he had an air. He threw it over the first baseman's head um, in the third inning and let the guy get to second. And then he was able to score on a wild pitch um, later on in the inning. So that kind of gave him the one to nothing lead. Then he, he gave up a solo bomb to um, the ninth hitter for Foley and they, that made it a two nothing game. And then his replacement came in and um, gave up three runs in the seventh inning to kind of close out the game. But to be quite honest, Foley's starting pitcher was phenomenal. I mean, hands down, he was locating his pitches. He had a slider going, he had his curveball going, his fastball going, um, and he was able to locate them pretty well. Um, if you, if you were with me, Dave could probably attest, I was jumping up and down when, when I saw those, those pitches come in because they were just beautiful. I mean, beautiful pitches. If you're a baseball fan, that's just something that regardless if you're an Albany fan or a Foley fan, that is just beautiful pitching. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just from the beginning. I mean, he, he gave up one hit, um, to Zach Mortz in the very beginning, um, on the leadoff hitter. And then after that, he struck out three guys, did a one, two, three inning in the second and third. And after that, it was kind of, he, he kept rolling and, closed out the entire game, pitched the complete game shutout. Um, but I know they're going to be coming back on May 25th against Foley at Foley. Um, that's the second to last game before sections start up. So that could definitely be a, a good one, just in the sense of placement for QRFs, um, for section t- time, and just to get yourself ready in the mindset of competitive play. Um, because a lot of these Granite Ridge teams um, – Albany is definitely a, a better team. And so um, playing some of these other teams, I wouldn't say is competitive as much. Um, there are some good teams in the Granite Ridge, but Albany is just on a whole new level and Foley and Albany showed it these last couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a team to definitely watch. The other one that continues to impress too is Sartell. Um, they've had three consecutive shutouts. They just shut out Apollo five to nothing and 10 to nothing yesterday. Um, Chase Hayne with seven pitches, eight strikeouts, in and only one hit in the first game. Um, really impressive with Tyler Gentile, five innings, four hits, and nine Ks um, in game two. And Charlie Kent, Blake House, Stephen Brinkerhoff, a lot of guys getting multiple hits over the course of the last couple of games. And they continue to roll. I think the one that we kind of – the you know, the game we kind of have circled on our own schedules is when they do get a chance to play um, Bemidji, who's also just been rolling through um, – you know, competition this year too. They're undefeated as well. Um, you know, not technically in the Central Lakes, but kind of semi in the Central Lakes this year. Um, they're both in the QRF, at least, that came out the first one. They're number three and number four. 
Um, and they're going to be playing next Thursday too, which is a game I'm sure you're going to be at Brian um, to yep. see them because they, I mean, they've been, you know, they did have that four to three game against Fergus Falls Sartell had, but other than that, I mean, it's been kind of blowout after blowout and it'll be cool to see what it's like when they play a team that that's competitive. Yeah. And I, I got to see Bemidji play on Friday against Sock Rapids and um, they look good. I mean, it was actually a closer game than what it looks like. Um, the final score was nine to two. They scored, I think, five or six runs in one of the final innings. Um, but Landon Lunster had a really good good pitching outing for Sock Rapids. He gave up one earned run on five hits or um, on two hits in five innings um, and struck out two. So, I mean, he had a really good line um, on Friday. It's just the I think the relief pitchers kind of came in and they weren't able to kind of get in their groove. And so Mamiji kind of took advantage of it and was able to kind of widen that, that score a little bit, but, um, but no, Rumiji definitely looks good. And I'm excited for that matchup because that'll be a good one. Um, and something that could potentially be seen as we get closer to sections and, and such things like that um, as we get closer there. But yeah, definitely, definitely some, some teams to watch is Sartell and um, Albany. Those two are definitely some baseball teams to kind of look out for the rest of them. I mean, Cathedral is having some good wins. Um, they are competing against some of those tougher teams um, and getting a few wins here and there. Um, Tech is still battling here and there as well. Um, they got a they got a nice win, twelve to twelve to six against Fergus Falls in the first game. Lost ten to six in the second game. Um, Brady Kenning is looking really good as well as Matt Friesen. Something that you wouldn't expect. I mean, or th- something that you would expect um, being a Ohio University commit next year for Matt. Um, and then Ricori, Ricori was looking good at the beginning. Um, they've lost a handful, but they've also been playing some really tough teams too. Um, teams like Sartell, like Wilmer, um, Wilmer does have a D one pitcher on their squad. Um, and so, I mean, that can, that can kind of hurt you quite a bit. Um, I think they're now below 500 right now. Um, but they are definitely a team to kind of watch out for, cause they can be one of those dark horses as you get closer to that section time. Um, and then, Apollo was able to get a nice win against Owatonna on Saturday, 11 to 10. Um, but they've been kind of in the bottom of the, of the central lakes conference as well. So, uh, but Sock Rapids, I mean, even though Sock Rapids got a, a bad, a bad loss to Mimiji nine to two, they're still, I think, number two in their, in their, um, in their section right now, according to the QRF standings. So um, that just shows you what they can do. I mean, um, and what type of section it is. So, um, yeah, so I think definitely some teams to look out for, for sure. Sartell and Albany, um, those two are going to be teams that will probably be making their way through the section tournament and eyeing a, a spot for that, um, state tournament time. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, kind of sticking with the diamond too, I was out at, uh, first softball, my first softball game of the year, um, got to see Ricori play Bemidji yesterday. Um, a six to three and 14 to four win for the Spartans, which, you know, was really big for them because they played, you know, including yesterday's game, they played 10 games in the last eight days, um, which, which wears on anyone, especially going into this one, they'd lost five of their last six um, and a couple close games too, you know, two one run games two in the last three or four days. So, I mean, I mean, that's tough for a team you got, I mean, and luckily for them, they do, they keep having games to, to kind of get over it, bounce back, but um it, it's still an obstacle to overcome, but they, they came up really clutch in that, especially that first game. I just stayed for the first game of the doubleheader yesterday. And um, the, the ones that really, you know, 
stuck out to me were Olivia Schroeder and Brie Griffin in the number two and number three spots in the lineup. Um, they were both, I think they combined to be either six of six, seven of seven in game one, um, got on base every single time, scored five of the team's six runs. Um, Olivia also had six stolen bases on the day. Bree had, I think, three doubles and a triple, too. Um, no home runs this time. I think she had a two-run home run Monday, but no home runs yesterday. But she continues to be impressive behind the plate, too. Um, and then Shelby Prom on the mound was was really good, too. It was, it was four to three, I think, in the sixth inning. Um, and bases were loaded with no outs, and yet she, she kind of forced them into a double play and then forced into a ground out, too. Got out of there, I think, had like seven strikeouts in game one, too. So... Um, you know, they do have a lot of seniors on the team, but not had much experience, like a lot of teams coming into this year. Um, but Derek Sauer, their coach, he kind of thinks they're really kind of coming into their element now, um, starting to get a little more consistent, showing their speed on the bases too, which is a big plus for them. Um, and you know, that they got two really big wins for their confidence. They're missing a couple of players due to injury, a couple of things. Um, they're not going to play again until next Tuesday. So they have a little time to rest up and get ready, but, um, you know, it pushed them back up to 500 at seven and seven overall. So uh, still a bit of work to do, but I think their last, you know, seven, eight games are all against teams at the bottom of the central lakes that are below them. So, um, you know, we can blink and at the end of the year, they might be something like, you know, 12 and seven, 14 and seven, get a little bit of a better section seating. So um, it was, it was good to see them, especially have a good outing um, and get a little feel for what they look like this year. Definitely. No, and, I think the key thing with, with Ricori when I was doing my preview with them is they have kind of a variety of talent. I mean, they have, you, you have your pitcher like Olivia Droddle that is pretty, pretty solid. And then you have Shelby Prom who's right behind them. That is pretty good as well. Um, but then you also have a lineup that, you know, involves slap hitters on the, on the left side, you have Bree Griffin, who's a powerhouse um, that can pretty much change the game whenever she wants to, honestly. Um, you have Olivia Schroeder, like you were talking about, that is pretty solid in that in that three spot. So it's just nice to be able to have a, a wide variety. And I think that's something that, you know, when you were talking to me last night, it was something that you were talking about quite a bit was just the the overall like diversity of talent that there is on that team. And that's what you need when it comes to section time, because you need, you know, you can't just rely on your two, three hitters to be able to score runs because, you you know, there might be crucial times where you need your eight, nine hitters to be able to produce as well. So, and that's, I mean, that's something that they have and not many teams in our area besides probably Sartell or Albany have that type of depth um, on their team this year. Definitely. And, you know, the team that will beat record a couple of times this year and continues to roll too um, is Sartell that is just kind of running away with the season so far. I know you saw him a couple of weeks ago, but um, you know, they just continue to get the job done. You know, last Thursday, nine to two um, and 73 wins over Ricori. Um, and then going into yesterday too, 15 to nothing and 13 to four over Fergus Falls. Um, I don't know who's going to be the team yet that really tests them. I know Alexandria, I think, is also near the top of the conference. They don't play them till I believe the final weekend or not weekend uh, doubleheader of the season. So that might be when we get that first test. I'm not really sure who else um, is going to provide them or really push them so far because they've been They've been pretty seamless so far, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only teams that I can think of is, you know, Alexandria or Ricori. Um, those two are kind of the top teams in, in the conference along with Sartell, and they basically washed out Ricori pretty well. Um, and similar to what I was saying before, you have depth. I mean, Ava Williams was pretty key in that. Cammie Dottery, um, 
Delaney Caprizitz, um, Haley Anderson, Raina Stangle, all those different people, they contribute and they, I mean, they're not going one for four. They're going two for four, three for four, or even four for four um, with home runs. And, you know, then you have Cammy on the mound that, you know, she, she might, she might, I mean, like the game against Ricori, I mean, she gave up seven hits, which is quite a bit for her, honestly. I mean, she's, she's pretty solid and, and she, and she still struck out nine people. So, I mean, like, that's the thing is she, she knows how to be able to, and she, they also have depth in that, in that pitching aspect. I mean, it's not just, um, it's not just Cammy. It's, you know, you're able to have um, a handful of different people that can get on the mound and do, and do just as good as what Cammy's been able to do this year. So um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a team. They have their sights on, on a state tournament run. And honestly, with what they've been able to do early on this year, I think they're 10 and 0 or 11 and 0 this season right now. And uh, they definitely look like a state team right now. Um, I, it wouldn't shock me if I was heading to Mankato to go cover them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been really impressive to see so far 12 and 0 now. Um, and that Alexandria series uh, Thursday, May 13th, which, um, man, that comes up fast. It seems like Arson, I'm already seeing end of regular seasons. It's like next week, I'm losing my mind almost trying to keep up. Uh, <laughs> with these results because they're playing so many games in a week, but um, yeah, so it's coming up fast as we get into sections. And I think that'll be, um, I know there's a lot going on that night, so I don't know if we'll be at that game or not, but either way, that'll be a good one to keep on tabs to, to see what, see what we might see there in the section tournament too, because that could easily be a rematch. And um, the last team we just wanted to touch on before we take our first break today um, is Albany too, who, as we've mentioned in past weeks, kind of got off to, a later start to the year because of how far they went in state basketball winning the state title. But um, they lost their first game last week to Piers, five to three Piers, who only has one loss on the year too. So not a bad loss by any means. And another really good team in, in section two way that um, has a lot of good teams at the top Annandale, a couple others that, um, you know, only have one loss, no losses yet. So um, there's a lot to shake out still in that section as well. Um, but then Albany, they were able to get a couple other wins, 14-4 to four on Friday with Jordan Carlson going three for four, three RBIs. Uh, Paige Meyer having far, five RBIs um, and two hits in that game as well. Um, and then yesterday they also played beat Foley 15-7. to seven. So um, they bounced back pretty good from that initial loss to Piers. Um, you know, going through the Granite Ridge here, seeing if they can tack on some more wins. And, um, you know, that's a really deep section, like I said, but we'll see if they can kind of rise to the top here as they get a couple more games and catch up to these other teams that, um, you know, I've already played double digit games. I think they've only played six games so far. So still a lot of season left for the Huskies, but some good signs early on. Yeah, no. And I think that's the hard part is, you know, obviously with only one loss, you, you think, Oh, they're looking really good five and one. And they probably do. Um, honestly, I haven't been able to see them yet. You haven't either. Um, I think we're going to try and get out there next week and see them play cathedral. But um, that's, that's just a, a hard part is that when you only have six games, there's really not much to evaluate. So um, once they are able to get a few more, they, they definitely could be a team that, you know, could be making a run in the section tournament um, with the amount of talent that they have on that team. Um, but we just have to see how things go. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll be playing cathedral Tuesday um, on May 11th coming up here. So I think that's definitely one to, I think you kind of had your, your sights set on being at that one. So um, another one to keep an eye on. We have, we haven't got to see Cathedral yet this year either. So, um, check off two more teams. I know they've been, um, I believe they, yeah, they beat Mora nine to six, um, yesterday and they lost, they got to play tech last week, lost 16 to nine, a high scoring game. So they're putting up a lot of runs too. So 
that should make for probably a pretty good matchup next week. Definitely, for sure. Great. Well, I think that about wraps up the baseball and softball section of the podcast. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to try to just kind of hit the, the key points, the news and notes um, from the majority of the rest of the spring sports. So thanks for tuning in so far. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. As always, you can follow all of our content at sctimes.com, at sctimeszach for me and at Brian Mosey uh, for Twitter for both of us, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, always places to, to catch up with what's going on and make sure to subscribe because we do have a lot of features, subscriber-only stories that have been coming out the last couple of weeks. Um, I know I just did one Monday about um, St. John's pitcher Nick Pennick, who's a Ricori grad, who's having a really good season too. Um, so if you want to be able to see features like that, some of the best stuff we do, make sure to subscribe. And, um, you know, one sport I want to talk about too here to begin the second part of the show is where I was last Thursday was, uh, girls lacrosse. Um, I'd got to see St. Cloud and Sartell Soccer Rapids play earlier in the year. This time I got to see the Storm and Sabres play Ricori. Um, and it was a really high scoring game for Sartell. They turned around, they kind of got blown out by St. Cloud. Um, and they really turned it around in this game against Ricori. They won 17 to two. Um, Ava Hummerding, she had six goals for the Storm and Sabres, um, was really aggressive getting to the net, attacking um, and finishing too really well in that game. Um, it was just, it just was, it was great to see for them because, you know, they did have a bunch of losses kind of to start the year, but they've been really coming along. Um, they have really small roster this year. I think only 19 people total in the program. So just a varsity team, kind of similar to Ricori, but um, they just went on the offensive and it just seemed like everything they shot went in for, for that first half. It was tied one-to-one about, you know, five, six minutes into the game. And then I think they scored the next like 14 goals unanswered. Um, just kind of a crazy stretch they went on and, um, you know, it was seven or eight different players scored. So, you know, it's not just like one, two people scoring their turn to spread it out a bit um, and see a little success. So we'll see if, if they can kind of build upon that, um, as the season goes on, I know they played a good Monticello team lost 14 to one yesterday, but, um, they're going to be at big Lake. Um, I think already tomorrow. Yeah. Um, or today actually on Wednesday, um, and Ricori just beat them for the first time too. So that's probably another game that, um, they can kind of get their confidence back, um, and get on the winning ways. But yeah, Ava, she had six goals. That was one of the, it was kind of a crazy performance. Just seemed like every time she shot, it was going in there and was, was cool to see them get a win. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it looks like St. Cloud was able to get um, a win against Brainerd that same night, um, Thursday night. Um, ended up losing 15-4 to against Chisago Lakes, a pretty good Chisago Lakes on last night. Um, Josie Knoll was able to get five goals against Brainerd, and Grace Miller was able to get three goals. Um, Haley Deans was the goalie, and she was able to get six saves. So um, very good outing for them. Um, I know they've been able to – it's been kind of up and down you know, they get, they get a couple, they get a couple wins and then they lose and then a couple wins or, you know, whatever it may be. So, you know, hopefully this upcoming week, they can get on a stretch of uh, some wins here and um, be able to get that confidence going again. Yeah. And some high scoring games last week too, on the boys side, um, Sartell Sock Rapids on Thursday, beat Ricori 20 to three, Aiden Hilger had seven goals, four assists, Quentin Sigerson had three goals. Um, both teams matched up again last night. 
um, and kind of the same result, 24 to four win for the Storm and Sabres. Um, Aiden had five goals in that one. And Jack Christofferson had three goals. Um, now, Aiden, I think he's up to 21 goals. Um, yeah, 21 goals, 11 assists on the season, um, and double digits just combined in those two games. Has over half his goal in just those two games. So um, they're really putting the scoring on him. Looking forward to Monday when they play St. Cloud again. Um, you're at that game the first time. It was 8-7. to seven. St. Cloud won in the last minute. Really competitive. I'm hoping it's um, a competitive game again since I've only really seen blowouts so far this year in lacrosse. I kind of want to see a close game where I'm kind of hoping that one uh, delivers in that way. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've been rolling. Um, St. Cloud last week, too, they continued their winning ways, 15-2 to two over Brainerd. Joe Torberg and Connor Herons, four goals each. Um, you know, they they were on a really good stretch there. I think four wins in a row. Um, came to an end last night um, against the good Chisago Lakes team. But um, Tremor, 17-3, to three, similar, to the, similar to the girls' score. Um, Chisago Lakes really good on the boys' and girls' side in lacrosse this year. So, um, nothing to really hang their head about, but we'll see kind of how both those teams, um, you know, they're kind of reaching out of the middle, starting to get near the end of the regular season here. They're facing a lot of the teams kind of a second time through as we come up here, just like St. Cloud's seeing the Storm and Sabres again. Um, so we'll see, we'll see kind of how it goes this time. I'm assuming it will be a close game again, and that, that'd be good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of transitioning from lacrosse to golf, um, the, boys golf there's been a few individuals that have kind of had some really good performances over the last week um the big name is logan hammock he's been phenomenal for sartell we've always we've been talking about him and how he could potentially be in that you know top three even winning the state tournament this year um potentially um on thursday last week he he was up or he he did a central lakes conference meet um, he finished with a 72. His brother, Lance, um, he finished with a 79. Those two have been kind of basically back-to-back um, with scoring together um, pretty frequently. Along with him, Drew Schneider, he finished with a 73, and Tucker Hokinson with an 80. Um, and then the other guy was Tech Apollo, Sam Geller. He finished with a 79. And then August Falloon, um, you remember him as the hockey player, he finished with an 82. Um and then on that same day, Leo um, Warshaw, he finished with a 40 on a nine-hole um, tournament um, for Cathedral. Cathedral was able to get the overall win as a team on that one. Albany was also get, was able to get a team win that day as well. Um, on Monday, um, Logan was, was able to shoot a 70, um, which is two under, which is phenomenal. I can't shoot that to save my life. You'd have to add another zero maybe. 700. Yeah. That's probably something that I would shoot on an 18 hole course. Um, and then Lance was able to get a 79 on that course as well. Drew Schneider from Recori was able to get a 74 and Tucker Hokinson got a 79. Um, and then on Tuesday, um, on Tuesday, Cathedral was able to get the win as a team. Um, and, I don't think Leo was, it was playing that day. Um, Carter Rothstein and Reese Moneypenny was, were both tied for first with an 88. Um, and then Sartell also played Logan got a 76 and Lance got an 81. August Falloon shot a 77 for Tech Apollo. Um, and then Tucker Hokinson was able to get a 79 on Tuesday. But those, those names, Tucker Hokinson, Drew Schneider, Logan, um, Hammock, Lance Hammock, um, August Falloon even, 
Um, those are the types of guys that we're going to be kind of looking out at um, as we get closer to sections for individuals. Um, you know, Cathedral also has Cathedral, Albany, Sartell. They also have some really good team results as well. So um, wouldn't surprise me. Um, Sartell was able to get second on Monday as a team behind Brainerd. But Brainerd and Alexandria are pretty solid teams. Um, so it just kind of depends. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's just kind of how you, how you have to look at it. But, um, but yeah, it should be kind of fun to see what, it, what they're able to do here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to that section time. Um, but definitely keep your eyes peeled on, on Logan Hammock because he looked good two years ago and he's been looking even better um, this past week. Um, and staying consistent as well. He's been in the seventies pretty much all season long. He hasn't really gotten into the eighties at all. So that just shows you consistency, which is key in the game of golf. That's for sure. Um, consistency for me is usually about 120 somewhere around there. So that's, I think what you told me used to, you know, anything, anything that hundred range was always fair game back in your, your high school golf career. Oh yeah. Yeah. My goal was let's try and find the ball in the woods that was my goal. If I found the ball, that was a win. Um, but yeah, if I got on the fairway, we were having a dance party. I was like, I was, I was like, you know, Tiger Woods finishing off a shot on the, on the 18th hole on the green. Like that was me. So, but you know, um, and then, uh, yeah, on the girl side too, it seems like Albany has been probably the team to watch the most. Um, They've been winning a couple meets last Wednesday. They won a five-team meet. Abby Thielen was first with a 90. Brooke Lemke second with a 96. They also faced Cathedral last Thursday, won that one. Um, Caitlin Lahr had an 86 to lead them in that one. Um, and then also this week on Monday, um, they won a six-team meet. Um, Abby Thielen with an 87. Brooke Lemke with a 95, the top two um, in that one. So and then, <laughs> And then it looks like, did they have another meet that same day? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had two on Monday. Yeah, so, uh, they, so they've been getting plenty of time on the course in the last week. <laughs> um, Abby Thielen with an 87 in that one as they finished second to Pequot Lakes. I believe that was almost like a pre-section meet. There was about 10 teams in that one. So giving them a, you know, there were seven strokes behind Pequot Lakes in that one. Um, pretty close overall. So um, they've been kind of showing, I'd say they've been showing off the most that they do have a chance to to possibly go as a team to state with a couple of different golfers leading the way. Yeah. And one other team to kind of look at is Sartell um, talking to their head coach, Brock um, Swanson. He even said their goal is to try and kind of be behind Alexandria and Brainerd. Alexandria and Brainerd are very good teams this year for girls, um, but they were kind of eyeing, let's try and get in that three spot um, behind, you know, teams like Fergus Falls and Wilmer. Um, They were able to achieve that Monday, I think for the first time this season, Um, they were right behind Alexandria and Brainerd. Um, in third place, um, obviously much different in stroke wise. I mean, Alexandria was able to get a 309, Brainerd a 315, and then you have Sartell at 359. So that just shows you the the wide gap between those those teams. But I know for them, that was kind of their goal was to get in third place, and so that's a huge win for them um, as they get closer to that to that postseason. Absolutely, Marley Mashad, you know, gymnastics state champ. She was their first overall golfer in that one. Um, posting 86. So a good result as well for her. Um, Brian, do you want to just fill people in kind of where you plan to be next week as, as we get near the end of the show today? Yeah. Um, so to kind of finish off this week, um, Thursday, tomorrow, I will be over at 
Tech um, for baseball at 7 p.m. I think they're taking on Alexandria at their um, new field. So I'm excited. That'll be the first time I get to go out to the new field and check it out. So that'll be good. Um, and then Friday, I will be going over to um, River's Edge Park to watch Cathedral softball um, play. They'll be they'll be playing at home on Friday night. Then next week, um, I think one of us will be going to the Cathedral um, soccer or Apollo Soccer Rapids tennis match, and then the other one will be going to Cathedral and Albany softball game. Um, that's always a fun one with the rivalry there. And then I think Thursday I'll be going to the Bemidji Sartell game. Pretty sure. And then Friday, I'm not quite sure on Friday. Um, so I'll let you know next week on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of events going on, like we said, that we've been touching on. Um, just a couple a couple notes for me before kind of say where I'm going to be at is that um, St. John's baseball, they they blew out. Um, I remember who they played last night. I think it was Morris. They blew them out last night. So now they have a program record, 14 consecutive wins. Um they're going to be, they're kind of getting near the time for the Mayak tournament. They played some of the conferences best to begin the year. So they have one more series this weekend before conference play starts. So there's someone to keep an eye on. Um, St. Ben softball too, who I'm going to be talking to them um, today for a feature story. They've had some incredible pitching this year is one thing that's really helped them. I think they're uh, 26 and six um, and Ellie Novak sophomore pitcher. She already has set records for strikeouts in a season wins in a season. Um, and they still have the Mayak tournament to go. So um, that's someone to keep an eye on too. I think they're going to not be, um, it's not this week, the following week, kind of the end of that week, um, their Mayak tournament starts, see if they can get to another NCAA tournament. They were in 18 and 19. So they're going to see if they um, can keep that streak going with last year canceled. Um, and then also tomorrow, I'm going to be heading to adapted softball. Um, the sluggers won a couple state titles. Um, I think it was 18 and 19 or 17, 18, one of the two. Um, they've won two state titles in the last five years. Um, they're four and one to start this year playing really well. Um, so I'm going to get to see them for the first time uh, tomorrow. The next week, I expect to be, like I said earlier, St. Cloud Sartell um, across tennis, uh, maybe a track meet or two here and there. Um, still some stuff to decide, but yeah, a lot, a lot going on and a lot to keep up with here at SC time. So make sure you keep following along um, and subscribing because stuff's going to keep coming. That's just kind of how it goes this time of year. Absolutely. No, we, we're definitely going to be busy here in the next month or so as we get into sections and, and uh, state tournament time, but we'll have plenty of content for everybody. And I know you're looking at some feature stories to work on next week, as well as me. So, um, and those will probably be subscriber only. So you're going to have to subscribe to, to read them and I'd highly encourage it. We have a lot of different um, deals and stuff that are going on on a, basically on a weekly basis. So you're never going to get a bad deal if you decide to sign up for uh, the sctimes.com. So make sure to do that. No doubt. Yeah. So once again, to everyone who's been listening, thank you for tuning into the podcast this week. We always appreciate it. And we will see you again next time.